Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're actually in a series here at church called Selah, Summer in the Psalms. Now the word Selah simply means to pause, to stop, to ponder, to think about this. And so what we wanted to do is just grab some of the Psalms and just pause, stop, ponder and think about what they mean for you and I. So that's the premise behind uh, this series that we're doing this January. And um, last week we did Psalm 139. And I mentioned that, you know, Psalms, you're not technically or politically correctly supposed to have favourite kids, but we all know that we do, all right? And it's the same with Psalms. You know, you shouldn't have favourite Psalms, but there are some favourites. And Psalm 139, which I shared from last week, is one of my favourites. But this morning's Psalm, Psalm 92, is another one of my favourites. I'm not sure which one tops the other. I think like kids, they kind of, depending on who's behaving and who's doing what, they kind of interchange. But we're going to uh, continue this morning with our uh, theme and our series, and we're going to talk about Psalm 92. And I suppose if you ask me, what's the overarching theme or thought that I get out of Psalm 92, it's this. It's time to stop surviving and start thriving. I don't know what your 2018 looked like. I don't know if it was the best year of your life, the worst year of your life, or just an average year. I don't know how you've entered into 2019, whether you're full of expectation and excitement because it has to be better than last year, or whether you're um, entering in with some foreboding about concern and just weariness of 2019, but I want to declare to us this morning that 2019 can be a year where you and I don't survive, but a year where each and every one of us can thrive. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand surviving is a necessity because the alternative to surviving, if you don't survive, then we all know what the alternative to that is. So sometimes I'm just grateful that there's been a season that I actually just survived in that and the season didn't take me out. But I'm also aware that sometimes those seasons can get a grip into our heart and life and we can turn a season that should be just a survival into a lifestyle of surviving rather than thriving. And so Psalm 92 for me is all about how can I make sure that I'm thriving in life. Yes, thank God I survived certain years and certain seasons, but I don't want to live there. And I don't know if I'm joined by a company of people this morning who feel the same way. That I, You know what? I'm glad that I survived that, but I don't want to park myself here. I don't want to position myself and find myself in this same position. I'm looking forward to being able to thrive in 2019. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but Victory Church turns 25 years this February. 25 years that she's been around. That means 25 years that Tony and myself have been the senior leaders here at Victory Church. 
And often people ask you, well, what did you expect? What did you want to achieve? Is it where it's at? And I'm like, in all honesty, I had no idea. God asked us, would we do something? We said, yes, He's just led us all the way. And we've just followed that. But I think if I could put it down to one thing, if someone said to you, okay, what's your greatest desire? What is it you want to see? Yes, I want to see lives changed. I want to see people come and know this God that I know. But I think my greatest calling and the greatest thing that God has asked me to be is to be an example. Now, we're all examples. I don't know if you're aware of that. But what kind of an example you are is up to you. And I felt God challenged me many, many years ago because I just said, I want to be an example. And he said, well, what kind of example? So I was like, good example? (laughs) But you know what? I, I heard someone once say, if you can't be a good example, you may just have to be a horrible warning. And I don't want to be a horrible warning. I actually want to be a good example. It's one of the greatest compliments you could ever give me is to uh, chat to me and talk to me and just go, you know what, the best thing I like about you is I look at you and think, if you can do it, I can do it. And some people say to me, that's a bit of a backhanded compliment. And I'm like, no, it's not at all. Because I know who I am. I know how good I am and how not so good I am. I know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I know where I struggle. I know all about me. And I think the same as you. If I can do it, you can do it. And so the the best thing you can say to me is, well, if you can do it, then I'm encouraged and I think that I can do it. And because we've spent 25 years leading this church, a lot of people ask us, how do you do it? Because I don't know if you're aware, but 25 years, the same leaders in the same church, in the same city, it's actually very rare. We're one of the few. In fact, uh, there's a church recently who celebrated 50 years and they had all their pastors up on stage over the 50 years and they had 10 of them, which means that they had a tenure of about five years each. That's not, it's just different for people. But the fact that we've been around for 25 years in the same church, it obviously says something. So we often have people asking us, you know, what's the secret to hanging around? What's the secret? Because again, Tony was 50 last week. I'm 50 in April. (laughs) That's when you were supposed to go, Shakara, no way. (laughs) It's the lights. (laughs) But you know what? Most people would say, you have a joy about you, there's an excitement about you, there's an expectancy about you, there's a life about you, there's a fervency and a happiness and a joy about you. And people want to know, what is that? What is the secret to your success? And would you like to know, if you think it is successful, what the secret to my success is? (laughs) No, you don't want to know. Would you like to know? Well, I'm going to tell you anyway, it's found in Psalm 92, the secret I believe, of our thriving in the 25 years that we've led Victory Church and not just surviving is found in Psalm 92. And we're going to read this morning verses 12 to 14. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to that. If not, you'll see it up on the screen behind me. Psalm 92 verse 12 says this, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Alongside just my personal relationship with Jesus, the secret and the, of my success 
The secret of my thriving and being a hopefully a good example is the truth that I've discovered that I'm planted in the house of God. Psalm 92 says, those who are planted. I have planted myself in God's house and therefore I've reaped the benefits of being planted. And this morning in my time, I want to look at those three scriptures and talk about four promises that God has made to you and to me and to anybody who will plant themselves in his house. And the first uh, thing you need to know is this, that planted by definition means this, to put or set in the ground for growth. I don't know if you are aware of this, but I face the same struggles, the same thought processes, the same uh, bad thinking, the same temptations. I face all the same things that you do. I don't know if you know, but there's no special package that comes with being a pastor. It's not like God says, hey, I've called you. I want you to lead a church. I want you to lead people. And here's a special gift that you can open that gives you and equips you for everything that you need. There's nothing special. There's nothing different about me than you. And I know people think, well, it's because you're a pastor, you can. I'm like, no, it's got nothing to do with that. I'm no different from you. Here's the difference. I've just planted myself in the church. I've just discovered that, you know what, for me to be able to do this, I need God's promises. And He says to me, if you plant yourself in my house, then there's some promises that are available to you. I don't do what I do because I'm a pastor. I do what I do because I'm a planted parishioner. And the good news is that this morning you too can be a planted parishioner. You too can put your roots down. You too can have the promises that are available to you. Uh, I, I was reading a commentary and they said this, A seed can't grow to its full potential unless it's planted. Sitting on top of the soil won't do it. Christ followers can't grow to their potential unless they're planted in church, not just attending. Often people say to me, you can clap if you like. When you're sitting with people and you're helping them and you're, or maybe you're following them up and saying, hey, I've missed you. I don't know what's going on. Often people throw at you, oh, you just want me to come to church. Can I just let you in on a little secret? As pastors, we don't want you to come to church. Oh, I want so much more than you coming to church. I want you planted in church. Because coming to church, you're not going to grow. Coming to church, well, you'll hear things and you can, but if you want to have the full extent of the promises that God has for you, you can't just come to church. So you know what? Next time you think, oh, you just want me to come to church, arrest yourself. Say, that's not true. They don't want me coming to church. No, I don't want you coming to church. I want you planted. I want you roots down deep, immovable, because I understand what's coming. I know what's ahead of you. And guess what? If you just come to church, you're not going to cope. If you just come to church, you're not going to make it. You need to be planted because of what's ahead of you and what's needed and what's found in being planted. It's kind of like this. About five years ago, we moved into a new home and so we had some landscaping done and we had two levels to our backyard. 
And um, when the landscaper came, we had probably just enough money to do the second, uh, the first level of our backyard. So we got him to do all that. And the third level, um, we had to wait about six months later till we got the finances. And then we had the um, courage to actually do that ourselves. And so what we wanted to do, we back onto an industrial estate. So we wanted to plant a hedge that would sort of grow up and cover the fence. And then when you looked out of our back window, you would see a nice hedge rather than the industry park behind us. So my mum is a bit of a green thumb. I've got, I do not, I've got thumbs, but they're not green. All right, so I don't really know too much about gardening. So we bought these plants and there were 30 of them. So we had to plant them about a, a metre apart along the back fence. So I've got these plants and I got two helpers to help me. One of them was Amrik. Another one was Josh Hoffman. I don't know if Josh remembers this. And so we had, my mum comes over and she gives us the instructions of what to do. Now, I'm, I'm planting 30 plants. So I'm thinking, you know, an hour, just dig a hole, shove a plant in. My mother made us dig, I say us, the boys, <laughs> dig 30 one metre deep by half a metre wide holes to put these little plants in. I was like, oh, mother, it's a bit of overkill, isn't it? Like, come on, can't we just, you know, a few shovels here, shove them in, we'll be done. I've got things to do, places to be. And I'm looking at these young lads and they're like, I'm not digging 30 one-metre holes. Six hours later, we had dug, again, we, they had dug, 30 one-metre deep holes and we had prepared the soil, we'd put these plants in and away we went. Do you know why my mother made us dig one metre deep holes? Because she knew weeks like last week were coming. Weeks of 47 degree temperature. Weeks of non-rain for a long period of time. Weeks of cold. Winter was coming. She knew that, you know what, if we just put these plants in the top, just surface level, have an appearance of attending and not planting them deep, when that week of 47 degree temperature hit, when that drought of a certain year and months with no rain came, when those cold snaps and the winds and the storms and things of life came, my mum understood our hedge wouldn't make it. And to prove my point, the very first, after 12 months, we went through our first uh, summer season the landscaping that had been done and I'd paid somebody to do, I lost 50% of those plants. Because again, somebody had just come along, dug a couple of holes, did literally what I probably would have done, put them in and left them. And our hedge, five years later, is standing tall, it's standing strong, it's standing green. Why? Because we planted it deep down. You want to survive, not survive, you want to thrive in 2019. You want to thrive in your family. You want to thrive in your relationships. You want to thrive in your marriage. You want to thrive in your workplace. You want to thrive in everything that you put your hand to. Then you need to plant yourself in the house of God, not just attend, but plant because life is coming and she's coming fast and she's coming hard. And you know what? You can't stop that. But you can flourish because of what God has and the promises for you. So what does Psalm 92 tell me? What are the promises for you and I this morning? The first one is this. It says in verse 12, you will flourish. 
Do you know by definition, this is what flourish means. It means to thrive, to prosper, to be successful, to be in a vigorous state, be conspicuous and shine. Who wants to be in a vigorous state? I don't want to go into 2019 like, ugh. I want to go into 2019 in a vigorous state. And the way I need to do that is to be flourishing. And the promise of how I flourish is to plant myself like a palm tree in the house of God. Now, I told you I don't have green thumbs or fingers or hands or anything about me that is green. But I do have access to the internet. And the internet told me this about palm trees. It says a palm tree can flourish in all types of conditions. That means when it's cold, when it's hot. A palm tree can survive in deserts and palm trees can even survive in hurricanes because palm trees are known for their flexibility. The reason a palm tree can survive a hurricane is when the, the winds of the hurricane and the hail and the storm and everything throws itself against a palm tree, a palm tree is so flexible that it can bend to the point where it can touch the ground and when the wind subsides, pop, it pops straight back up there. And the promise for you and I is that we will flourish like what? Like a palm tree. Which means when life throws things at you, you can bend, but you don't have to break. So when there's there's that unexpected thing you didn't see coming from that that bill, that uh, struggle in your finances, the relationship struggle, the wayward child, whatever it is in you, whatever life throws at you, you, you're just like the palm tree. When you plant it in the house, what happens is life throws it and you're like, whoa, well, there we go. And again, whoa, didn't see that coming, but there we go. And again, whoa, oh, well, this is a bit longer. Oh, oh, I don't know if my back's going to take this. Oh, 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 it stopped, I'm back. That's the promise for you and I. Plant yourself in the house of God and you'll flourish. Don't attend, church. Oh, I want you to be here. I don't want you to attend. I want you planted because when life throws things at you, I don't want it to take you up, to uproot you and to send you flying. I want you to weather that storm and then pop right back up and say, now, where were we? What were we doing? How were we going? The promise for you and I is like the plant tree. We will flourish. I love one person who said this. People who plant themselves in the house of God, they can take a licking but they keep on ticking. I don't know what 2018 was for you, but I do know that for several of our families here at church, 2018 was a tough year. They suffered loss, unexpected trials, pain, difficulties. But what I love is that many of them are still serving God and flourishing. Many of them are flourishing, continuing on. They didn't give up on God or on church because circumstances came against them because things weren't exactly how they thought and how they planned. And I've seen other people, people who aren't planted, who were what we would call just a church attender, face the same, if not sometimes less, circumstances than others I've seen take a beating. And they leave church, they blame God, they leave the faith. And it all comes down to the fact that they weren't planted in the first place. If you want to flourish in life, you've got to plant yourself in the house of God. 
About the same time that we did our hedge at the back, my mum bought me an orange tree because I'd always wanted a fruit tree. I thought, you know what, Mitchie really loved oranges, I want to get some oranges. But after the experience of digging 30 holes a metre deep and half a metre wide, I was a little bit gun-shy to get the post hole digger out again. And so it just, the orange tree sat on our back porch for a while and it just sat there and it sat there and it sat there. And after about eight months, I walked out of our back door one day and I saw this poor looking orange tree. I reckon it was down to about three leaves. And it did not look well at all. And again, it's just a picture of the fact that it wasn't created to sit life there by itself in a pot being isolated. That orange tree was created to be dug into the ground, to be planted in so that it could thrive. And so my orange tree got to the point where it almost carked it just because it hadn't been planted. That orange tree can only flourish when it's planted. And it's the same promise that's available to you and I. If you want to flourish in life, then you've got to be planted in the house of God. The second thing that I read in our uh, Psalm 92 is not only the promise for those of us who plant ourselves is that we would flourish, it goes on to say that you will grow. Verse 12 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Apparently, the cedar of Lebanon can grow up to 130 feet tall during its lifetime. It takes 40 to 70 years for it to grow 40 to 60 feet tall and it takes over 100 years for it to grow 130 feet tall. What's the point? The point is the Lebanon cedar never stops growing. It takes half of its lifetime to grow 30 to, 40, to, 70, to 30 to 70 feet The second half of it life, it does double the amount of growth. The promise for you and I, if we plant ourselves in the house of God, is not only that we'll flourish, but that we'll grow. That we don't actually have to stay the same. And I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. I I do like who I am. I do like the things that God has me to do, but I don't want to be the same in 2019 as I was in 2018. How boring is that? How sad is that to be the same? But the promise to me and the promise to you is I can grow. If I plant myself in the house of God, the promise is I can grow. I think we're under the misguided conception that church attendance equals growth. But church attendance doesn't equal growth. The same as me being in the garage makes me a car just makes me in the garage. And I think we just think by osmosis and by just attending, these things happen. But by planting, by putting my roots down, by me saying this is home and this is what I'm, where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do, that's when growth comes. I love the fact, and I think I mentioned it last week, that there's so many um, podcasts available now. The Word of God is so readily available. You get it on your iPad and on your iPhone. You get all sorts of Bible programs. There's all sorts of podcasts. There's all sorts of great ministries out there that you can learn and listen and hear from. And I love that. I think it's amazing, the medium of podcasts and the medium of the internet to be able to get the Word of God out to people. The downside of that is this, is I can listen to a message 
I can be encouraged. I can hear Joyce Meyer speak on forgiveness. I can hear Joyce Meyer teach. Here's some practical keys on forgiveness. Here's what you can do if you uh, are struggling with forgiveness. But do you know what Joyce Meyer can never do for me? Joyce Meyer can never come alongside me and say, Kev, you've got an issue with unforgiveness. Because Joyce Meyer doesn't know me. I'm not doing life with Joyce Meyer, but I'm doing life here at Victory Church. And so while there's great ministry and great things out there, me just listening to podcasts, me just doing what it is I want to do, hearing all those things, yes, it feeds me. Yes, it can give me skills, but you know what it can't do? It can't replace the fact someone coming alongside and say, hey, yeah, you know what? That's a great message. I'd like to see you actually start applying that. I'd actually, I think, in this area. And to prove my point, only just a couple of weeks ago, I was with a friend and we were at the shops and uh, we were looking at something. And I ran into somebody who had um, had an issue and a beef with me. And I know, it's hard to believe. I know, I get it. And I, you know when you just literally run into them and you're just like, oh, hi. And so I was polite, said hello. You know, I think it was just after Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hope you had a nice time. Off we went. And so my friend and I finished and went and got coffee and we sat down. And as we were sitting down, they said to me, so, do you want to talk about it? And I said, Talk about what? And they said, ah, talk about what just happened in the shops. I'm like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and they said to me, and spelt it out a bit, you know, when you ran into so-and-so. I said, oh, I was polite. And they said, hey, I never said you weren't polite. But they said, but what I did see was that there's something in your heart that has got a grip on you because you weren't the cat that I know you to be. Anyway after I stormed off in a snuff. No, not really. The point is this. I can know about forgiveness. I can hear about forgiveness. Hey, I could probably recite to you the five top things you need to do to live in forgiveness. But it took being planted in the house, somebody knowing me to say, do you know what? You're not actually living in that. I'm concerned for you because there's a little... uh, Area here that if you give the devil a foothold, he'll create a stronghold. Someone came alongside. So you know what? I had to go do business with God and say, Lord, they're right. There's an issue in here. There's something going in my heart that's not of you and not healthy and will not be helpful to me. Help me in doing that. Guess what? Growth comes. Growth is a promise to you and I when you're planted in the house of the church. I love the external ministry. I love to hear those messages. I love Joyce's. I actually got to put into my life the practices that Joyce taught me. But you know what? It took being planted in the house, someone to know me to say, hey, you need to put Joyce's word to work because something's going on in your world that's not healthy or helpful. If you want to flourish in life, if you want to grow, then you need to plant yourself in the house of God. You can go to church and not grow, but you can't be planted and stay the same. The third promise, remember we're talking about those who are planted, what are the promises that are available to you and I? The third promise is this, you will be fruitful. Verse 14 says this, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. You know, I'm a great believer that we're here to make a difference. 
I'm here to know God and then to make him known. If responsibility wasn't about making God known, then I believe that as soon as I met Jesus, I knew him, I might as well go to be in heaven with him because it's better there and that's what I've been designed and created for. But God has left us here on earth for a purpose. And that purpose is to bear fruit. In fact, John 15, 8 says this, This is to my Father's glory, that you would bear fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. When you're planted, the promise is you will be fruitful. And I just started to think about my life and some of the areas in which I've been fruitful in. And this is what I've discovered, that by being planted, my influence has increased. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we have uh, built a children's centre in the village of Kalawasi. It's in the uh, Indonesian island on Java. And uh, 2013, we went there, we purchased some land as a church, we built a children's centre, we've been um, sponsoring at-risk uh, kids for the last six years. A couple of years ago, Tony Bates was sharing with us that the Indonesian government actually, after 60 years, came and laid a road into the village of Kalawasi because of the improvement that Victory Church has had by partnering with Mercy Indonesia into that area. 60 years, they had had no infrastructure, nothing. The government didn't really care about them. But because of our influence as a church being planted, partnering with Mercy Indonesia, the government seeing what's coming out of that village, they were like, we need to do something here. And they paved roads, the first infrastructure in 60 years. Our influence increases when we're planted in the house. It's a fruit. Our generosity has gone before. You know what else? Opportunities for me have increased. I fed children in Mongolia. I've housed children in India. I've put teachers through college in South Africa. I've given gifts to prisoners' children at Christmas time. I've given gifts to local sex workers to tell them that they are valued and there's a God in heaven who loves them. I've built a children's centre in Kalawasi and I've sponsored at-risk children in Indonesia. Not because of who I am, but because I'm planted in the house and because I'm planted in the house, I'm fruitful. And the good news is you can be too. There's so many things that we want to do and there's a desire in our heart to make a difference. But we can't make much of a difference by ourselves. But when we plant ourselves in the house, the promise is we'll be fruitful. Opportunities will increase. Friendships will increase. My four best friends I would never have met if it wasn't for the fact that I'm planted in the house. I just go, I, would, I look at them, I laugh at the things we do. I would not one of them. I would know in any other circle outside of the church. So if you're here this morning and you're struggling with friendships, I'm saying plant yourself in the house because fruit is a guarantee of you being planted. You will grow and you will be fruitful. My experiences have increased. You know what? I've had the opportunity to pray for people and see breakthrough and healing. Again, not because of me but because I'm planted in the house and where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. We've seen blind eyes open. We've prayed for a baby who was technically, uh, medically pronounced blind. Prayed for him when his mother brought them and his eyes were open. A miracle of God. Deaf ears opened. Another woman, been deaf for years. I remember in a prayer meeting, praying for her. Her ears opened, she could hear. And even if you were here a couple of weeks ago, 
We shared the story, good friends of ours from South Africa, Richard and Jackie Mangovan. On Christmas Eve, Jackie was driving to church, their Christmas Eve service, went to turn right and a motorcyclist careered straight into the side of their car, hit their uh, 12-year-old daughter, um, uh, Kiara, and she went to hospital. And the doctors said right then and there that she... 99% wasn't going to survive. And if by that 1% she did survive, then the prognosis was not good, that she was going to be uh, a vegetable. There was nothing. She had severe brain damage, half her skull they had taken out. They've put it inside her stomach to try and keep it alive so that if things uh, did settle down and she was to survive, they could put it on. And we mentioned that to you as a church. And we've been praying for her along with other people across the world. And um, we went from being, hey, she is not going to survive to, hey, she may survive, but she will be a vegetable to, hey, now she's awake. Hey, now she's doing this. And I just want to ask you to just quickly turn your attention to the screen and just check out what was posted by Jackie just yesterday. Thanks, guys. That is Kiara walking out of hospital. She's gone home. December 24th, 1% survival. And if that, it would be in a vegetative state. And here she is a month later. She's walking out of hospital. You know what? That's the fruit of my prayers and support. That's the fruit of your prayers and support. Why? Because I'm planted in the house. Not because of anything I can do, but because the promise to me is if I plant myself in the house, then fruit will be mine. My experiences have increased we just announced not recent, uh, recently about Matt and Stacey Bruin expecting a baby. They announced yesterday on Facebook it's a baby boy. That's a 10-year journey of infertility. That's our baby. I'm like, Matt and Stacey, that's our baby. That's because we're planted in the house. They're fruitful because why they planted in the house. The opportunities where they could have said, it's not fair, God. Why me? Why isn't it this? When they've just said, you know what? I'm going to continue to serve. I'm going to continue to put you first. I'm going to continue to plant myself in here because when life comes, I'm the palm tree that bounces back up and I'm going to be fruitful. And that fruitfulness is a part of the inheritance that each and every one of us share in. So not only... Are we going to be fruitful? But the fourth promise is this, is that you will stay fresh. Verse 14 says, They still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green. Did you know that the palm tree is known as an evergreen, which means it doesn't drop its leaves in wintertime. It stays green throughout the year. And that's a great picture and a great promise for you and I, that no no matter what happens, no matter what we walk through, no matter how old we get, the promise is that you and I can stay fresh in God. We don't have to get old. I mean, we have to get chronologically older. I get it. We can't stop our birthdays. But our spirit and our faith and our desire and our wants and our expectation of people and of life, it doesn't have to get old. It can stay fresh and green. And the way it stays fresh and green is to be planted in the house. I'm supposed to be a witness. You're supposed to be a witness. We're supposed to shine forth Jesus. As Christians, the more and more we know Him, the longer and longer we go in relationship with Him, which shouldn't mean that we get more and more miserable, more and more older, more and more pious. 
We should be more and more joyful, more and more, because He's done more. I mean, that song that we sang this morning about when you look back and see what He's done. I don't know about you, but I was reduced to tears because you start to think, hey, Lord, I'm starting to think, wow, what's coming? What's ahead? But He says, hey, Kath, look back. See what's been, see what I've done, see where I've moved before. If I can do it then, I can do it again. And as Christians, when you plant yourself in the house, you can stay fresh and green. Yes, you're going to get older. Maybe your serving looks different, but it doesn't have to be non-existent. Seasons change. I get it. I've had kids right from the get-go. When we started the church, we didn't have children. So I've led the church without children, with children, with older children. I get it. My seasons have changed, but I've never stopped serving because He's worthy of being served because I've understood the secret. If I plant myself, I will stay fresh. And I love what the Passion Translation says. It says of that same verse, For in your presence they will still overflow and be anointed. Even in their old age, they will stay fresh, bearing luscious fruit and abiding faithfully. John Wesley says this, Catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come from miles away to watch you burn. You know how we catch on fire and stay on fire of God, for God? We must be planted in the house of the Lord. If you want to stay fresh, if you want to stay anointed, like the Passion Translation says, then plant yourself in the house. It's a promise to you. You will stay fresh and green. I'm going to invite the band to come back on up this morning. Three thoughts. I'm just going to throw them out to you now as to how you stay planted because they're the promises of being planted. But I get it. Life comes, things happen, and the temptation is to run. The temptation is to uproot and to move on. But we don't have to give in to the temptation. So when life is throwing things at you and you're finding yourself like that palm tree, you're bending and you're swaying, but you're like, I don't know if I'm going to break right now. Here's three things I want you to remember. Three thoughts are being planted. One, make a choice. Each and every one of us can do this. You need to make a choice. Harry Truman says this, some questions cannot be answered. They must be decided. He used to say, I'm gonna, I want the promises of God to be planted. And for me to do that, I just have to choose to be planted. Make a choice. Secondly, commit to it. Commit simply means to give trust or charge. I've made this choice. I've said, this is my home. This is where I'm planting myself. I've made that choice. I'm now committing to it. Whatever comes, whatever comes, I commit. I'm not running. I'm not going. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm committing. I'll bend when I need to bend. I'll stand the heat when I need to stand the heat. I'll be able to get support from friends and family when it's a cold winter season. But whatever it is I'm doing, I'm committing to the choice that I've made. And then thirdly, continue in it. Choose to plant yourself. Commit to the choice that you've made. And thirdly, continue in it. Continue simply means to go forward in a course or action. I want to finish with this. I'm no more special, favoured, no more gifting or anointing, no more extra was given to me when I was given the task of leading Victory Church. I am just like you. And if you look at my life and think, actually, that's a good example, or even in the negative, if you think I'm a horrible warning, then you can still learn from that. But if I'm a good example for you, 
I want you to know it's not me. It's the choice I made many, many years ago to plant myself in the house of God. I don't do what I do because I'm a pastor. I did this before we led Victory Church. I did this in the church that we were planted out of because I've understood the power of being a planted parishioner. And you too have the opportunity to be a planted parishioner. You too can make a choice. You too can commit to it and you too can continue it. And remember this, the promise that's available to you and to me is that you'll flourish, that you'll grow, that you'll be fruitful and that you'll stay fresh in every area. And I want to let you know something I told you about my orange tree that got down to two leaves that really was on its way out. I want to encourage you here this morning. You know it's never too late. Well, when I walked out that day and saw my orange tree, I thought, oh, I need to do something about it. So I went and got the post hole digger and I found another guy because Amrit wouldn't come back to dig 30 holes. <laughs> and I made Luke dig a hole a metre deep, half a metre wide. And we planted that orange tree about 18 months ago now. We planted that orange tree. And I want to tell you today, that orange tree is thriving. It is doing, doing so well. Because why? Because it's planted. It's doing what it's been created to do. And I don't know where you're at presently and currently. I don't know whether you have just been taken out by some of life's hurts or pains, something, a curveball that came your way. I don't even know if someone within church has hurt you and being planted, even the fact I'm mentioning about being planted creates something in you because you don't understand what happened to me. You're right, I don't understand what happened to you. But I know the promise of God and I know the truth of God's Word. And I apologise for anybody who may have done something that caused you to withdraw and to pull your root system up. But the answer to abuse is not no use, it's correct use. And I want to encourage, if you're here this morning and you know you're not planted, then I want to ask, would you be bold enough and brave enough in your heart to say, God, as of today, I make a choice to plant myself in your house because I want the promises that are attached to that. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 